spiritual journey, I want to hear from those who have taken this path before me. This podcast focuses on them and listening to their stories, uninterrupted. My name is Tiba Masood, and I invite you to reflect on the trajectories of their lives and the guidance and blessings provided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along that journey. Sidi Uthman Aim's story begins at a hip-hop store in Southern California where he worked during high school. He watched his manager take breaks during the day to pray in a back room. A group of Filipino converts began visiting the store, further triggering his interest in Islam. The Filipino converts would befriend him, and he took his shahada with them at the age of 19. He began driving with them to the Bay Area to take classes with Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. This is pre-Zaytuna College. Sidi Uthman would eventually move to the Bay Area and live with Sidi Usama Kanan. He's now a well-known munchid and shares his beautiful voice at gatherings all over the world. Many of you may have heard him at Al-Makhasib and Thatleaf Collective. In this episode, he talks about what many call the golden era of converts coming to Islam in California, watching institutions like Zaytuna and Thatleef develop from the ground up, and his own spiritual development over the years. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, Alhamdulillah. So I came from, uh, I was born in the Philippines. I came to the United States with my mom and sister in 1990. So I was, uh, I was 10, I believe, or nine. I was nine years old. I'm going to be 40 this year. So yeah, that's <laughs> how many years is that? Uh, so basically, I grew up in San Diego, California, which is SoCal, right? Um, we're like 20, 30 minutes from um, Mexico border, right? Tijuana. So I grew up in that. Um, I grew up in a national city. But first, when I migrated to the U.S., we lived with my, uh, my uncles for a little bit. And then my mom and my sister and I ended up uh, living in national city. So it's all in the San Diego area. And we just rented out uh, an apartment. And then eventually my grandma lived with us and my, um, my aunt also and her two kids. So it was like a two-bedroom apartment in National City. It was kind of like in the ghettos. So mind you, I didn't really have my own room at the time. I would sleep in the couch, alhamdulillah. So that's when, um, yeah, I basically grew up in National City. I worked at the mall. Um, and that's how I, uh, I learned about Islam when I started working at the mall. So I could tell you more about that later. But yeah, so up until I think I was 19, that's when I converted. So I was just going to school in San Diego. And then, um, yeah. MashaAllah, that's a perfect segue. Um, how did you learn about Islam and what attracted you to it, especially at the age of 19? Yeah, so, um, subhanAllah, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So, uh, you know, for me, 
what attracted me to Islam is um, actually there's a YouTube I just um, my friend just posted Sidi Mu'adh um, about how I converted and I kind of talk about my story there a little bit basically so what happened was I was working at the, at the mall uh, it was a hip-hop clothing store at the time it's called Mr. Rags this is in National City I don't know if you heard of that but we make um, like we sold uh, you know hip-hop clothing we made skateboards at the time we also sold like breakdancing videos so it's like a really cool hip-hop store or whatnot and um, so I ended up getting a new manager and his name was Eddie and Eddie would go in the back and pray so I was like oh what's this all about right and then come to find out Eddie's name was real name was Ahmed uh, and he's from Afghanistan and then I ended up meeting Filipino converts. They would come into my store and they would give salams to Eddie. And I just got attracted to that. Wow. One thing particular that attracted me was there's a particular brother. I don't know if I should say his name, but he's, he's one of my close dear friends now, mashallah. Uh, he's one of the reasons why I converted to Islam as well. He gave me da'wah. But I saw his transformation because, you know, I was 17 and these guys were a little bit older than me. They were, so mind you, I was like, in 11, I was, uh, I was in uh, high school. So I was like my 11th, 11th grade. Yeah. I converted around like summer, um, 11th grade. And I remember all my senior year, I was Muslim already. So basically I met a brother and I saw him. So both uh, him and I saw each, I met each other as a non-Muslim, right? So he would mm -hmm. come to my store and this guy's a little bit older. Um, and, Filipino guy as well. So then he would come to the store and I just did not like him for some reason. <laughs> he just had some type of like aura or, you know, um, I just, you know, he's one of those guys that you have like, a, you know, when you meet people, you get a, a bad vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had that. It's like, I didn't, for some reason, I just didn't like him. <laughs> just, um, and then subhanAllah, and then, you know, and then like maybe a couple months later or whatever, I, and then he, started going to my store again and he converted and since he converted i saw a change in him and i saw i was like wow what happened to the guy i hated right and then he would talk to my manager eddie and then they would give salams and that was the first time i saw like the uh, the brotherhood in islam and then i couldn't understand like why are they so close they just met each other you know because yeah. they were giving salams and then slowly but surely they were started coming in my store and in, he's also a Filipino brother, mashallah. Um, I think I'm just going to tell you his name. His name is uh, <laughs> Mohammed Herald, Mohammed Heraldis, mashallah, beautiful brother. He started the Jean Jay uh, Thai. I don't know if you heard of that, like non-silk Thai, but he's, he's mashallah, good brother. Um, and I started meeting other brothers. The people that uh, gave him dawah, they started coming into my store mm. They would, talk, they would talk to me about Islam and how they would remind me. Because they're all Filipinos too. They were like, you know, Philippines was a Muslim country before. And they would like break down things like, you know, Manila. Uh, the name comes from Amanullah, you know, which is trusting <laughs> God. Or, or like, Min Allah from Allah. It's like, oh, wow, you know. And then I was just got intrigued by that. And then they would just like come into my store, uh, you know, spit dawah to me. They would like talk to me about Islam and they gave me this big Quran of Yusuf Ali, you know, that big translation. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, here's a Quran. They're like, don't, but then don't make sure you don't bring it in, into the bathroom, stuff like that. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay. I never really read it, but then I just kept it with me. But subhanAllah, you know, it's just that. And then slowly, slowly they talked to me and then 
I remember uh, I saw to my manager too, Eddie Ahmed. I was like, hey, you know, take me to the mosque or whatnot. So he took me to the mosque in San Diego by San Diego State University. Uh, it's called Masjid al Rabat. Beautiful masjid. I remember going in there and then looking at the red carpet. It's kind of like a Saudi. You know, I don't know. It's just something about it. Just like attracted me. It was just so beautiful. I felt peace in there. And actually, the first imam that I met was Sheikh Anwar Al Awlaki, Rahimullah. You know, I don't know if you heard of Sheikh Anwar, but um, uh, yeah. So I just saw the brotherhood, and I wanted to convert then, but then something was holding me back. So I ended up not converting, but it was my first time seeing the brothers pray in congregation. And I was just like, you know, watching them from, from the back. It was just beautiful. I felt like serene and, and peace, tranquility for the first time. And then, and then, and then I just started inquiring. And then, um, and then like a couple of months later, I converted because I told uh, uh, Muhammad Yahya, the, the brother who I did not like and who I just, who now I love. <laughs> I was like, hey, pick me up. You know, let's talk about um, Islam or whatever. So they picked me up. And during that time, he was like, you know what? I'm busy. I'm going to have um, Abu Bakr pick you up. And so he's, he was also a, a convert Muslim. He was actually one of his best friends. Uh, so, you know, we all have our legal names, right? So they all changed their names. So John became Muhammad Yahya. Mm -hmm. Yahya, actually, at the time, his best friend Gino converted. And he became Abu Bakr. And then during that time, they were both in college and they met a brother named Edgar, who's also Filipino. And then he converted on his own by like reading books and stuff like that. But, and he became Ali. And then uh, the, the brother who was responsible for Muhammad Yahya's um, uh, Shahada, his name is Omar or Eugene. And then he, you know, so then, <laughs> and then so when I converted, they were like, oh, you should be Uthman. I was like, okay. Because <laughs> we had Ali, Omar, and Abu Bakr. So when I converted, they just like gave me the name. So that's how I ended up with my name, Uthman. And alhamdulillah, that's how I converted. I mean, just um, actually, so Abu Bakr and his cousin picked me up also who converted. His name is Pablo. Uh, and, he, and he changed his name to a uh, Muslim name to Isa. And so they picked me up. And then they were just talking to me about Islam. And then they took me to this, another, another masjid in San Diego. It's like a trailer mosque type of masjid, very small. And I remember it was my first time, um, you know, seeing the brothers eating together. And there's another brother named, uh, who I met at the time, his African-American brother named Zakaria. So they were just talking to me about Islam. And then they're like, you want to eat with us? And they were eating sardines at that time. So I was like, okay, sure. So we all like <laughs> ate from the same plate. You know what I mean? But I was like, that wasn't new to me because, um, you know, Filipinos, we eat with our hands, right? And so alhamdulillah, that's, that's, we probably got that from Islam. And so, yeah, I was just eating with them. And then they're like, so you want to become Muslim? I was like, yeah, sure. And then that's when I said, Rasulullah. And ever since then, subhanAllah, that's how my journey uh, started, you know? Wow, yeah. beautiful. I love, yeah. I love that with the names. and, and it was, <laughs> It's so yeah. organic. <laughs> yeah, I never really told people about that. So, I, mean, I did tell people the story about that before, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's a good uh, background, alhamdulillah. So, yeah, we, so that was in San Diego. So I was still in San Diego at the time. So what were um, kind of some of the challenges you faced when you first uh, took your shahada and, and I mean if you were still were you still in high school when you took it yeah I was uh, I was 11th grade so, so was what was that like? you know 
I think for me, what helped me is having brothers around me. So not just the Filipino brothers were around me, but we also had uh, a good African-American brothers. You know, they, they were from the Shehu Jamaat at the time. Uh, they were studying under uh, uh, Muhammad Sharif. And it was beautiful. I was like surrounded with beautiful older brothers. And it made my Islam easier, you know. I mean, we were hardcore back in the days. I mean, when I converted, uh, so during my senior year, I I was supposed to go to prom because I promised someone that I was supposed to go with them. <laughs> but I had to cancel that. And then I would come and, like, I would wear a thobe <laughs> in high school. So people would look at me like, what the heck is this guy doing, you know? Back in the days, like, we didn't care. We also rock the sunnah or we thought it was a sunnah at the time, you know, just rocking the thobe and stuff like that. And then we were, I was proud of it. And then we would also get into like debates and like, you know, <laughs> Christians and they were like hardcore back in the days, you know? Um, but the challenge is basically, you know, trying to, um, I guess just your identity, right? Because when you have something so beautiful, you kind of like try to acclimate to that. But then instead of really transforming uh, Islamically, you kind of we transform and uh, or in the beginning you would like dress certain way, but then it's like that's not really Islamic. It's more like cultural. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we adapt certain like look and all that stuff. Um, but that was a challenge. But you know that. But for me, I wouldn't change anything because that was part of my growth. You know, we had to go through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the most important thing is that one of the challenge that we had is because we were a new uh, group of Filipino converts and we're very young and you know during the time there was like it's between the uh, Tablighi Masjid and like the I don't want to say the word Wahhabi you know but they would like pull us try to pull us in like to to do their minhaj right to do the program and alhamdulillah like what what, that was a challenge because we were like okay what should we do at that time but alhamdulillah what made it easy for us is that um, our brother Omar mashallah he uh, he introduced us to Sheikh Hamza and that's when we fell in love with the Dean and it's like wow you know there's this structure and you know the silsila right and like and that's when we kind of learn about the importance of having a teacher you know but during that time we were also we were already practicing Maliki Fiqh you know but you know we're so young at the time um, but that was a challenge because I'm Filipino you know uh, I'm, I'm also converted into Islam. So then how do I integrate that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I regret is not talking to uh, some of my close friends. Actually, my cousin converted too. But like, you know, I wish I could have just been more relaxed and not be so uptight back mm-hmm. then. So I guess that's the challenge that I had is um, just trying to fit in you know, with my new identity and and how do I become also like, just be natural, right? Like mm-hmm. being Filipino, American, Muslim, right? So I think, alhamdulillah, like with time, like now I'm basically, I'm comfortable with myself being Filipino, uh, Muslim, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it take, I think it takes time when you, especially when you, um, you know, get into something, you know, you want to like go extreme sometimes, you know, so... I guess the challenge was trying to find the balance so you don't push people away. So, you know, instead of like inviting them, I don't know if we push some people away. (laughs) Or so, I don't know, hardcore at the time, you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, 
You said, um, especially when you were talking about the film, that like, you know, you didn't care, like you were so proud of it. What made you so proud, like at such an early stage? Oh, because all the brothers were doing it too. So <laughs> like, but then I, I was wearing it by myself, right? In, in high school. Yeah, I just didn't care. I, like I had this pride and this himma, like, because you know what, we're Muslims, right? So, you know, that's what we had back in the days. We would just walk around with it and we were proud. And people, you know, knew that you're a Muslim. And also I would wear the kufi all the time, right? So people, mm-hmm. would, people would know. And it's actually attractive too in some ways. Uh, it's or intriguing for some people like, oh, what's this guy doing, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like, I, I mean, I think for sisters, it's like, you guys don't have a choice, you know? You have, like mm-hmm. some sisters who wear hijab, they have to wear it, right? And, and I think for us, it's like, it's a choice in some ways. So, um, yeah, I think back then I was just, because I had a good support from the brothers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what made it easy for me, alhamdulillah. Um, can you talk about some of the teachers you had along your spiritual journey and, and how they influenced and impacted you over the years? Yeah, Bismillah. So then what happened was, uh, so remember how I said that we were in between like the Tabliki Jamaat and like, you know, the other masjid. Right, right. And so we were also doing like at the time before we met, uh, we, we knew about Sheikh Hamza. So some of the Filipino brothers, we would do, you know, we did the Tabliki Jamaat, you know, Alhamdulillah, it was beautiful too, because we were able to, you know, spend time in the masjid, right? Like learning how to love and being in the house of Allah, meeting good brothers, eating with brothers, right? You get to visit like different localities. We would also yeah. go to like, I remember going to uh, Inglewood in LA just to like, you know, spend like three days or whatever. Um, I didn't get too deep into it, you know, but a lot, a lot of us, we did the whole like three days, you know, we sleep at the masjid and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um so eventually, one of the brothers, Omar, who, you know, he became Muslim, like, I believe four years before all of us, because we all converted around in 1998. So we call it the golden era, but he became Muslim <laughs> in 96. But Omar, he's actually from the Bay Area. And so in the summer, so, so when I met the brothers, they were all going to San Diego State. So they were all in college and I was the only one in high school. So I would hang out with them. I would actually uh, skip class. <laughs> I failed a history class because I was with the brother so much. Like I would hang out with him in, uh, in San Diego State and we would just hang out and give da'wah to people or whatever. They were part of the MSA. A lot of people converted at that time too. I saw a lot of people converting, mashallah. Um, so, so then Omar would go home for the summer and then he would like, one time he came back and he's like hey guys guess what i met this teacher so he played like a vhs video for us and it was Sheikh Hamza. <laughs> and i was like oh wow you know and then that's how he was like really our one of our first teachers so what what, what happens is that omar will take us to visit the bay area with the brothers with caravan would drive like eight hours to go to the bay area for like the weekend and just attend Sheikh Hamza's class and during, oh. during the time this is before it was zaytuna institute this is where it used to be in like a, um, they used to rent out like a, like a warehouse. Like a, like a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in like, like a shopping mall area. So we would just all <laughs> sit down and, and I remember that's the first time I, we, uh, and, uh, attending, uh, Sheikh Hamza's class. And that was my first time seeing someone cry about the prophet. So, so wow. I was like, Oh my God, so much love. And, and everybody was, would ball, you know? So you remember that tape that Sheikh Hamza did the Sira? Sheikh Hamza did a, um, a series of the Sira of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They have a CD and all that. But I was, alhamdulillah, I was able to attend that class too, you know. Wow. So, 
so yeah, that's how it, it was. And then, you know, with that, and then we started going to the Dean Intensive. So I remember we met Sheikh um, uh, Muhammad, uh, uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Beya. Um, I just met Shiuch, like subhanAllah, we'd come up to the Bay and, you know, we'd go to the conferences. I remember going to a conference called Remembering the Days of Allah. That's when I first met like Dr. Omar. Um, there's a lot of people that, uh, that used to come visit the Bay and that conferences back in the days. And yeah, like I, and I remember I met Hatem Bazian. Mashallah, he was teaching Arabic. And I went to a Dean Intensive in Santa Cruz. I think when that, that year that converted, Omar took me to a Dean Intensive. And it was beautiful. So Muhammad Sharif uh, was one of our teachers there. He uh, went over the signs of end of time mm-hmm. by Sheikh Uthman Danfodio. And then also um, a brother named Mutnis told me, uh, he actually just got back from Mortania. So he was teaching us Maliki Fiqh. And so that's how I got exposed um, slowly, slowly. And then I would come up to the Bay Area often. And I remember one time uh, I came up, we had a, a caravan, uh, uh, a group of brothers came up to the Bay and we en- attended a conference in, in Berkeley. It's called the Forgotten Roots Conference. And I met like other scholars there. And then I told the brothers, you know what? I'm not coming home. I'm going to stay in the Bay Area. And that's how I ended up staying in the Bay Area. Mashallah. You just stayed? Huh? I just stayed. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay. And Omar, Omar, uh, he already lived. He moved back to the Bay Area at the time. And his wife, Mashallah. Um, and then during the time, Omar, Tina, Omar and Tina, they were married. Mashallah, they converted together. And the, during the time, they were living with Sidi Osama. And Sidi Osama's um, wife, Sharifa, mashallah. So then when I moved to the Bay Area, um, I think that was 2000. Yeah, year 2000. Uh, I ended up staying with them and living with them. So I ended up wow. staying in the, uh, I ended up staying in the living room again. So then it was like a two-bedroom apartment. So Omar and Tina, they, um, they had a one-bedroom and then the other room, it was Sidi Usama and his wife, mashallah. And they took me in, like this, this little <laughs> brother, right? So I was like, all right. And then after that, like, alhamdulillah, like, because Omar and Tina, they're from the Bay Area. So then they moved out eventually. So Omar moved back with his, um, with his uh, parents. So then I took over their room. So for, mm-hmm. for, for a little while, like almost a year, I lived with Osama and his wife. And it was just us three. And this is where uh, it was behind Zaytuna Institute at the time. So we lived, so our backyard was like Zaytuna Institute, basically, wow. really in the apartment. So then like, I remember at the time, like Sheikh Muhammad Yaqubi was a resident scholar at the time. So like we would take classes from him. I attended like the Dean Intensives. I remember at one time Sheikh Walid also was one of our teach, Arabic teachers before from the Dean Intensive. And then Sheikh Abdul Al-Qadi came. Um, who else? So many people that came. Uh, I'm blanking out right now. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's slowly. That's how I, you know, I met people and the scholars and, you know, just being in the Bay Area too. Mashallah, we met Imam Zaid, um, like Karya Omar, um, all the Zaytuna, Mashallah, you know, teachers. So I, I've been up here for a while now. So forgive me if I'm not, you know, giving the time frames. No, no, it's totally, that's but yeah, so yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been back and haven't moved back since I moved out here. So um, 
yeah, so that's how I, you know, we had teachers. Um, yeah. So, so you called um, the, the time when you converted in the 90s the golden era. Why did you call it that? Oh, it was just like a joke for everybody. <laughs> like everyone that converted back in the days, like 98. So we would just call it the golden era because that's where like everybody was just converting left and right. And that's one of our, um, you know, I think it was just one of those things we just called it. Um, yeah, um, I, it was for us golden is because we met Sheikh Hamza, mm -hmm. we met all the shiuch, right? So for us, it's like, it's just amazing. Like a lot of, a handful of us became Muslim at that time. So Malik became Muslim, uh, a lot of Filipino brothers, Musa, Abu Bakr's um, brother converted to, uh, like my coworker also converted. Um, so many people converted that year too. And like, what was it about that time? Like, do you know? I don't know if that's even... You know, I don't know. I think it's just <laughs> that, like, sometimes Allah just guides whom he wills. And I feel mm -hmm. like there was a lot of sincerity at that time mm -hmm. where people were looking for things. And for us, in that, the Filipino side is that, um, you know, I think we were just sharing our love and and, you know, concerns and people just accepted it made it easy for, for all of us because of the connection i think but um yeah alhamdulillah i guess i don't know if that makes sense sorry yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, <it's> <laughs> thank you um, what was it like living with sidi osama like what did you maybe learn from him that um, you know it was uh <laughs> mashallah i saw his I, I saw his progress too mashallah because i remember we were all just volunteers at zaytuna and mashallah, Sidu Sama taught us a lot about, you know, loving the Prophet Sallallahu serving the Shiu. So I remember Sidu Sama would serve tea and, and it was beautiful because when we used to live together, we had Thursday night gatherings. Mm -hmm. And that's when we had, um, that's when we had you know, invited people over. We just, that's when I started learning about the Qasidas. And then um, we would have liquor, you know. And I just learned a lot about, you know, how to, serve people you know mashallah him and his wife his wife would cook for everybody mashallah she would make like beautiful um uh delicious moroccan food and like you know they would serve it in this big plates platter of like chicken and rice couscous and would all eat from the same plate it was beautiful you know mashallah um so yeah it was one of those moments and i learned a lot from his wife as well i i mean i regret not learning arabic you know from them from her but we tried you know but we also at the time you know we worked together too so imagined um you know living with him so then i learned a lot of the diwan from him as well and we do the uh, the weird of sheikh muhammad ibn al-habib and during that time we had another co-worker too uh brother abdurrahman kip mashallah so he we would all carpool and work together and yeah, we, we worked for the startup company and they got me a job with them actually because before that I would I would I was working next to uh there's a uh, you heard of U-Haul, right? U-Haul. Yeah. Um so that was next to Zaytuna. So that was my first job when I first moved to the Bay Area. But then Osama during that time uh and, and Abdurrahman they were working for a startup company for a Muslim brother too. So they were like, Hey, we need we need like a um like 
someone to do finance, like payrolls type of things, mm-hmm. slash delivery boy, because they would make like computers back back in the days. Remember how back in the days, like we had to build computers using a motherboard, mm-hmm. like from <laughs> scratch. But yeah, subhanAllah, that's where we worked and we would carpool. And yeah, you know, alhamdulillah, I saw his progress, you know, to the, you know, mashallah, he's like a big brother to me, right? So then, mm-hmm. of course, sometimes he would be hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> but, and also Omar at the time, they both were, you know, like a, a big brother to me. But yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. I, I think I learned a lot from them. Just, you know, alhamdulillah. Um, you see, you mentioned that it's kind of when you started learning about the, the chasidas and, and stuff. Um, and, and now you're, you know, probably one of the, the uh, most well-known munshids, certainly in North America, if not beyond. Um, when, when did you start singing at gatherings and like, how did that kind of um, Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't say well-known, but I'm <laughs> just like, okay. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, it actually started like, uh, well, first of all, I, I came from a Catholic background. So I've always been singing in, at church. Um, and I remember, uh, you know, Filipinos, you're either a dancer, singer, <laughs> or some type of entertainer, performer, right? No. Um, but yeah, so I've always sang, alhamdulillah. So when I, the thing is, what we you know is weird is that I didn't know that we had qasidas when I first converted, right? Mm-hmm. And then one of the first qasidas I, I that I heard was Talal Badru Alayna by, um, by Yusuf Islam. And that's when mm-hmm. I fell in love, you know, alhamdulillah. And that's when I started seeing like Sidi Usama would sing songs. And, and also there's a, a, a beautiful brother named Sayyid Mubin, which is one of uh, Sidi Usama's close friend and our good friend as well. Uh, he was a descendant of the Prophet Sallallahu And they would sing the Diwan of Sheikh Muhammad ibn al-Habib. And that's how I kind of learned it from. And I've just been blessed to be in gatherings, you know, subhanAllah. And also the fact that we live behind Zaytuna, um, they started the border too at Zaytuna. And we would, I would be in that gathering. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a famous video of um, Habib Ali when he came to Zaytuna. Uh, and then um, I was part of that, alhamdulillah. We did the border and then we had our Thursday night gatherings. And then also Sidi Usama, you know, when he started uh, Ta'lif, uh, we had mole that started in our house, actually, in my apartment. Uh, how that happened was that uh, Sidi Usama met uh, one of the family of the uh, Prophet, وسلم, uh, Sheikh uh, Sidi um, Mukhtar, and his last name was Al-Haddad. So I remember, I think he saw, like, I think one time during Friday prayer, he saw the license plate Al-Haddad. And then I think uh, there's a story that he said, you know what, I'm going to wait to meet this person so he waited like after Juma to meet that that uh, brother and alhamdulillah he was a descendant of the prophet mm-hmm. beautiful Malaysian brother and he was like yeah he he, he would do molid at his house and and he told us about the molid of Habib Omar and so that's how it started in my in our apartment uh at, you know 631 Jackson Street and uh, behind Zaytuna so alhamdulillah that's how we started the molid and of course when Sidi Osama he also ended up working at Zaytuna uh, doing the outreach program and then eventually he started Ta'lif, mashallah and since then i've been with with them since then um with Sidi Usama, you know alhamdulillah and that's how i got exposed to the gatherings you know sitting at zaytun and also we would be invited uh, at some private gatherings as well um and also we have uh, Sheikh Hamza's friends 
Sidi uh, Muhammad Abu Bari, uh, Sidi Shakir, they would have gatherings and it would just be around, you know, around that area, uh, the gatherings and get exposed. That's how I got exposed to it, alhamdulillah. Just having good company, you know? Yeah. MashaAllah. Um, I should ask, uh, just because uh, you said you didn't know um, about Qasidas when you first converted. And I didn't really know about them until maybe a few years ago, but can you just kind of explain um, what, what a Qasida is or like what a Mawlid is and like kind of the benefits of these gatherings? Oh yeah, so Qasida is just basically like uh, any song that talks about the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, or it could, a Qasida could be like, it's just like a po- poetry basically, right? To talk about Allah, mm-hmm. about any type of subjects. And when we say Mawlid, it's just a gathering where we celebrate and recite about the birth of the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, and we praise him and stuff like that. So that's how it is. It's just like, um, it's just kind of like melodious odes, right? Mm -hmm. Melodious songs, just like in church, right? You had had hymns, right? Mm -hmm. So Islam, we also have qasidas, right? Besides, you know, having the most beautiful Holy Quran being recited. Um, Qasidas are just other things to express yourself. It's like poetry, you know? And if you look at your different regions, they have Qasidas like in Malaysia, you know, they wrote their own songs and certain melodies come from certain um, areas, right? And they also, you know, there's like the Desi, you know, ways of singing like the Burda, for example, right? Um, there's Syrian uh, tunes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's what basically is. And then Molid is just a gathering. And what it is, is that like a good teacher of ours explained that we're just aligning ourselves when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, mm-hmm. when Allah says, mm-hmm. So basically, Allah and the angels are sending peace and prayers on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So when we're doing the molid and the gatherings, we're just basically aligning ourselves with Allah and the angels, right? And of course, their prayers, Allah's prayers on the Prophet is nothing compared to ours. But we're just kind of aligning ourselves with them. And that's what we're doing. We're just trying to imita- uh, imitate Allah and the angels. And alhamdulillah, that's, I think that's the benefit of it is that, you know, we're aligning ourselves with the most high and in that, there is tranquility, there's peace, right? And they said that whoever sends, uh, you know, a salawat on the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, if I give one salawat to the Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, I'll get 10 uh, in reward, right? Mm-hmm. So alhamdulillah, so it's a win-win situation. And wallahi, I think that what kept me in the deen is that, you know, no, and having this foundation um, is that, you know, having the love of the Prophet Muhammad makes it easy to practice one's deen. Because sometimes, you know, people fall off and it's Islam for some people becomes dry, you know, mm-hmm. because love is always a foundation of everything, I think. And alhamdulillah. So, um, and we didn't learn this until, you know, later, later, right, obviously. Uh, but for me, that's what makes it amazing is having that as our foundation, you know, just looking mm-hmm. at like the Shiyukh, like Sheikh Yahya and everybody, Habib Omar, they all have that love and it's all come from comes from love you know that's all we have is love um, i don't know if that makes sense no no definitely thank you so much <laughs> that was perfect <laughs> um so you're you're kind of part of this group um that came to some as you said like the golden era and you kind of got to see 
Zaytuna and Dalif um, evolve and, and kind of come to life and come to the stages that they're in now. What was it like to see that firsthand? Oh, it's beautiful because you just see the community working together. You, you meet like beautiful volunteers, you know, beautiful brothers and sisters and just kind of, it comes down to like loyalty, right? And I've seen that and people are always been like, even until now we have people supporting Zaytuna, mashallah, right? And I know some of those OGs that have been there, like Ustad Freydun. Actually, he's one of our, also one of our influences was like Freydun Mujaddidi. May Allah preserve him, you know, mashallah. And he would like, he did the Dean intensives and, you know, he would get us in for free, you know, because <laughs> we're just like broke. Brothers are broke. They didn't really have jobs back then. And he would just come and enjoy, mashallah, and attend classes. And he opened up many doors for us as well, mashallah. Allah preserve him and reward him. But yeah, subhanAllah. Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, seeing Talif, mashallah, I know Sidi Osama put in a lot of good work, you know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know. But unfortunately, with the recent you know, drama. I, I didn't like how that came about, you know? So yeah. that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you just see people's, sometimes, you know, you see the good in people, you know? And just like any organizations too, there's, you see also like, there's drama too, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, but you can't let that get to you. Um, but I think it's just beautiful to see how Allah gives it tofik. You know, like gives it success and, um, you know, yeah, like, you know, it was hard, honestly, in the beginning, the community was hurt when Zaytuna ended up becoming a college because people relied on that center a lot, right? Because it was mm -hmm. like a, people from all over the United States would come, you know, attend his classes and stuff like that. But at the same time, we have to support our scholars and whatever they do, it's for the good, right? And we're all human beings, so of course people are going to get hurt by some of the transitions, you know. Um, but just like in anything, you, you know, have to just support it as much as you can. And, you know, and we're doing it for, for Allah and not the person, right? So a lot of times people get caught up in like, oh, you, do, you only did it because of a certain personality, right? Like, but we should never do that. We serve the Prophet and Allah, right? Mm -hmm. not people's personality and unfortunately that's people get caught up in that people get caught up in the personality and worship personality you know so may Allah protect us from that but yeah alhamdulillah I don't know if I answered that properly sorry no no it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so so you've had the opportunity to sing in gatherings um really all all over um do you have any favorite places that you've you visited or or have been to you know so how, of course my favorite place is medina right mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i love just being with the ummah of the habib Salam. one of my favorite places that i visited was of course uh, well, well i actually went to germany osnabrook and that's where Sheikh Mahmoud is and Usada Maryam. And because I love those German brothers and sisters, because I remember my first Umrah trip with Al Maqasid 2017, December, I met the Germans. And <laughs> I would be between the Germans and Al Maqasid. And they would joke around one time. They're like, Where are you? Like, are you with us or are you the Germans? Are you becoming a spy? <laughs> They're just joking at one time. 
But yeah, so that was one of my favorite places like to visit. But you know, for me, anywhere where the you know where the Habib is mentioned, I love like I love going to New Jersey. I love you know I have good friends in uh, you know sometimes Dallas. Um, where else? L.A. Like just wherever like there's love. I just you know I can't say. I love going to Makassid, like the summer retreat, you know. I love just being with the Ummah of the Habib Sallallahu to be honest with you. Uh, but obviously my favorite place is Medina. Um, you know, it, it's like all the gatherings there are just like times 100, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been to Medina? Yes, I just, um, I went on my first Umrah, not this January though, um, January 2019. Oh, with um, who, mashallah? I went, um, so I was... Uh, studying in New Jersey at Rutgers, so I went with the chaplain there, Khaisar Aslam. Oh, mashallah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So, you're from New Jersey, right? So, I, from, well, I grew up in Chicago. Um, oh, okay. I did my undergrad in Toronto. Um, oh, okay, wow. You've been and that's, that's why I met Ustad Amjad. Oh, yeah, that's my Umrah buddy. He was actually <laughs> was my roommate, like, mashallah, oh. for, for the Umrah, like, alhamdulillah. And, that was probably annoying, but <laughs> but it was beautiful. I'm like, I really got close to Sidi Amjad because of that trip. Mashallah, may Allah re- reward him and preserve him mm-hmm. and his family. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just that's why I have so much love for Al-Maqasid, you know, because uh, yeah, it's such a special place. Sheikh Yahya is amazing. He's connected with the Habayib. Everyone there is just good people. And you're in New Jersey right now, you said, right? So I, I was until uh, COVID happened. Um, oh. so I'm back in Toronto. My mom was oh, here, okay. so I'm staying with her now. <laughs> oh, mashallah. Yeah, Jersey, I have like my friends there too. Dr. Shadi, my, Shady, old, yes. my, Haj, yeah, my Haj buddy, everybody <laughs> there. Yeah, beautiful people, alhamdulillah. So sorry I got sidetracked. No, no, it's fine. That's just me. I'm just going to give a disclaimer. I, my, sometimes my mind wanders. <laughs> <It'll be fine. laughs> Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is probably backtracking, but um, no, how did okay. you meet Sheikh Yahya? Was that when you were in, or when he was in the Bay Area? Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sheikh Yahya, his, that's Sidi Osama's best friend, right? Mm. And so we go way back. Sheikh Yahya, I remember he was visiting one time from his studies, and he stayed in our apartment. He spent a night there, and that's how I, I, we met him before, because it was Sidi Osama's best friend. And so that's how I knew Sheikh Yahya. And then ever since then, we kept in touch. Like, yeah, and he also lived in the Bay Area. He's from the Bay Area. So, you know, him and his wife lived here at one time too. But yeah, we go way back. So I've met him since I converted. So maybe 98. But I think I, I met him like two years after that, my conversion. It's hard to say when, to be honest with you. But all I know is that he's part of that Jama'at, you know, Osama. Mustafa mm-hmm. Davis, right? Um, uh, Sheikh Yahya. Um, yeah, so back then, I mean, obviously, he was just Yahya for us. But Sheikh <laughs> Yahya. But alhamdulillah, beautiful brother, mashallah. Um, yeah, alhamdulillah. So all my times that I went to Medina, three times, alhamdulillah, with Sheikh Yahya. So we're able to, he was my Hajj buddy as well, and uh, Umrah buddy. So alhamdulillah. And also, you our first Umrah trip, we ended up going to Turkey uh, after Umrah. So Alhamdulillah, I got to spend time with him that, that way. And in my Maqasid crew, Bilal, Manan, and mm-hmm. Atar, Detoy, Mecca Books, <laughs> and Shuhaib Newton. So 
these, mashallah, beautiful brothers from the East Coast. Yeah, so. Um, can you talk about um, Germany and the community there? Because I don't think anyone has really yeah, talked about Yeah, Osnabrück community, mashallah, Sheikh Mahmoud and Usada Maryam, they live in Osnabrück. Um, and Sheikh Mahmoud is a convert as well from Austria, I believe. Um, he speaks German, Arabic, but every year they go to Umrah, mashallah, mm-hmm. and actually it's like dua for them because uh, Sheikh Aslam mentioned that they had uh, the coronavirus, right, but yes. Alhamdulillah, I think they're healing now, mashallah. Uh, but they're just a beautiful community, you know, they're, they're students of knowledge, you know, they learn mm-hmm. Quran and they both studied in Syria. But I just met them like during our Umrah trip. And ever since then, alhamdulillah, I kept in touch with them and the brothers. They also like have phenomenal, like beautiful munshids. You know, the group of them are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're a young group of brothers and sisters, right? I think, I think what, what, why I like them so much is that it reminded me of how we were back then, you know? Mm-hmm. They're probably in their 20s. Some of them are young and mixed group syrians you have germans afghans but they all speak german (laughs) (laughs) it was beautiful like to see that community you know and there's a brother um benjamin he's like a german convert this beautiful guy Mm -hmm. like i met him uh just everybody's there they're just amazing i think they're doing a lot of good works um a lot of their talks it's in germany it's german i'm sorry Mm -hmm. germany it's in german so unfortunately like but I think they have some translations too. You could look them up online. Uh, but yeah, I never knew that they had a beautiful community out there, you know? Yeah. And one time, Sheikh Yahya uh, and I, actually, I, I told Sheikh Yahya, if you're ever invited back in Germany again to do a talk in Osnabrück, I'm coming with you. So I was <laughs> able to do that last time. So this is like after Umrah 2017. I think in 2018, I was able, we were able to visit them. And it was beautiful, alhamdulillah. Um, I just have one last question. Um, you kind of talked about um, in the beginning of your journey, this, um, you know, you, you were hardcore and you had kind of this journey of becoming more balanced. Um, can you kind of just talk about how you became more balanced and maybe um, through that, like some advice for for converts or people thinking about taking the shahada oh yeah bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. so what i meant was that like you know back then it's just that like we're all about uh, we focus more on the outward you know mm-hmm. like oh, to our kufi up to our thobe and show them i'm islam 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 right but just but if you look at what the teach the teachings of islam like our teachers have said is that the prophet is all about adab right mm-hmm. so i think when i say balance is that you know less showing but more doing right mm-hmm. through your actions through your kindness um but it's not like we were bad muslims or whatever it's just <laughs> that like i mean by default you know we left everything like people used to drink alcohol party right yeah but when we converted alhamdulillah we were like saved from all of that right so i mean i you know i partied right like before i was 17 you know what i mean but um but yeah i think just being balanced in the sense that you know less talking but more doing and just let people see the beauty of your character and i think it's more of a character um enhancement right so when you convert it doesn't mean that all your bad qualities will be erased it's just that when when i converted it's like wow it's like now you're more conscious of it right Mm -hmm. and then islam is basically like islam is just it spices you up you know so then whatever good qualities you have you kind of maintain that right 
And then also the negative qualities, you just have to work on it. You know, some people are just natural for them to just be, you know, close to people. Like for me, I'm, I've always, a, always been social type of person. But I think became, becoming more Muslim, I, I became more social, you know, because you have this found, like this profound love and, you know, you have this, this you just want to share this, share it with people. But that's when I, when I say balance is that, and, and, you know, you can't be balanced if you don't also learn, right? So yeah. I think part of that is we, the more you learn about Islam, the more, you know, it's all about like doing work with your character, you know what I mean? And yeah, so I think now that I've, I mean, alhamdulillah, I've been more Muslim now than, uh, more Muslim than non-Muslim now, right? So, <laughs> so I think it just becomes a part of you, um, and especially now having kids and being married, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. So I look at the stages in Islam. So if you're, you know, if you're single, then that's another stage of your Islam, right? <laughs> But then when you get into a relationship, you get married, that's another level of your Islam, right? And then having kids, you know, that's another level. So I think, you know, uh, the more we engage and the more we go with the flow, then your your practice will always be there, but it's just a little bit different because you have your roles. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit? Like what you mean by how it, um, how these roles kind of change your, your view on, or not yeah, your view, because, your... yeah, because, you know, back in the days, like, for example, like, you know, back then all the brothers were always together we were single we would like stay up all night you know pray whatever you know what i mean like get together right and yeah. then you know and then some people get married so then you have different responsibility right so then yeah. you can't do that as much as you know as you want to do i mean i i know for me my wife is gonna hate me <laughs> but um but yeah back in the days i had to learn too because you know i married a desi you know my wife is indian mashallah and like <laughs> Um, you know, that was like foreign for us. Like, wait, where are you going? Why are you hanging out? <laughs> or like, <laughs> or whatever. Like I had to learn. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. So I think, you know, as you progress, as your responsibilities get, you know, more, um, your practice also has, you know, um, it, it, it would never change, but the fact that you have more responsibilities that you're going to have to, um, cater to, you know, your responsibility. So meaning, um, let's see, I hope I'm making sense. So what I'm trying to say is that each stage in your life will dictate how you practice. And, you know, if you learn certain things and of course you want to like enhance certain way, like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do things different way. How do I de deliver my message differently? Um, even with having kids, it's like, there's certain things that, you know, you can't say you know to your child or even like for example i work with like psychiatry right my patients mm -hmm. it depends on people's state at the moment you have to kind of change how you talk to them right yeah. same for us too i think you just got to embrace your um so whatever level that you're in like for mm -hmm. example if you just converted you know you know just focus on you know make it easy for yourself i guess that's what i'm trying to say it's yeah. like be easy on yourself try not to get so caught up and want to be super Muslim right away. It's kind of like people always say that, like, you need to, you know, you can't, uh, you don't want to just run right away, right? It's a mar like the marathon, you have to just pace yourself. So yeah. you have to walk. Maybe sometimes you have to sprint or, you know, take your time. That's what I'm trying to say is that, like, when, when you, 
in order to be balanced, you need to also um, take your time and also have self-awareness. And you also have to have self-forgiveness, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and also give time for yourself. Because, you know, people always talk about self-care, right? Like, this is the big thing now, like self-care, mm -hmm. self-love. You know, subhanAllah, if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ did all of that. Like, mm -hmm. he took care of his family. He took care of, you know, his neighbors, his sahaba. But how did he do self-care? He, he did self-care is when he was alone between him and Allah. He, he prayed five times a day. These are things that he did for his self, right? For his soul. So I think for us, we have all the recipes that we, we need in Islam. And you just got to like utilize that and really connecting ourselves. And I think for me, if I could do things differently, is also try trying to align ourselves more with the Quran and and really connect with that and subhanAllah you know this whole pandemic like I miss you know it's Ramadan right I miss going to the masjid and the social aspect but it's such a blessing because this is the first time that I feel like I'm closer to the Quran is because we're forced to kind of be in seclusion and lead tarawih you know and now I'm like reading more about the English translation Arabic and you just kind of you know have to force yourself to be connected you know because like Sheikh Tamim was saying too, um, one of our good teachers here, is that sometimes we rely on the Qaris, right, for the recitation. But now we know like their value, right? Now that because it's taken away from us, now we understand their value of yeah. like, you know, Allah gave him then that ability to recite it beautifully. And so now we took that for granted. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. even the Juma, we took it for granted. Like, man, I should, like I told someone like, inshallah, when, when this whole pandemic is over, I should be going to Juma earlier, you know, yeah. because it, it got taken away from us, yeah. right? We take it for granted, you know, like going to the masjid to pray and attending gatherings, you know, so how we take these things for granted. So hopefully after this experience, you know, we're not going to take things for granted, you know? So that's what I mean by balance. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think that's a great place to end. So, um, yeah, thank you so much thank for you so much uh, your time. time. Yeah, may Allah reward you for, um, you know, putting this on. May Allah give you tawfiq and success, inshallah, in everything that you do. So thank you so much. It was good to meet you, Sister Hiba. It's thank good to you. meet you as well. Inshallah, yeah, we hope... can meet in person, maybe at Mahasan or something. <laughs> yeah, inshallah. I don't think we ever met in person yet, right? No, no. Inshallah. Yeah, please. So keep keep me and my family in your du'as and yes, yes. Us, my salams. So you're in Toronto, so you're in like Nader Khan's. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nader Khan's. <laughs> like Faraz, yes, give my salam to them. Beautiful mm -hmm. people, alhamdulillah. Yeah, so, and that's also, I forgot to mention, yeah, I met like Sheikh Faraz, you know, like in my journey, right? Sheikh Noor, I, I didn't even talk about that what? too. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> when did you meet Sheikh? <laughs> <laughs> I met him back in the day, so I met like, um, you know, uh, the Virginia Sohbas, you know? Wow. Um, like yeah when I converted like I met people I met Marids and then I just would go to those things and yeah there's so see I forgot so many people <laughs> <laughs> but alhamdulillah Islam is beautiful you know we're we're so lucky to be connected you know mashallah so that's all I have to say and then also like met Sheikh Jihad right like mm -hmm. Zaid, I think I already mentioned that um, yeah Sheikh Faraz Khan from you know See, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Thank you so much, Inshallah. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. You have a beautiful story. 
Thank you so much, Hiba. Talk to you soon, inshallah. <laughs> Yeah, man, so me, I believe.